you to really, really walk with me through scriptures tonight. I'm going to turn through a few passages tonight that um, I know are expedient. I won't have time to get to all of them, so keep your pen and pad and write them down and then watch this. Go read them tomorrow during your fast. So not only write them down, but the ones you write down that we don't get to, go and read them tomorrow because I think they're going to be key to your understanding what we're trying to do tonight. Um, these, this young fella had a spirit. Jesus had to rebuke the spirit out of the young fella, Matthew chapter 17. And after Jesus rebuked the spirit, the spirit came out of the child and the child was cured that very hour. Jesus had overcome the demonic stronghold that was in the child. Now, his disciples had tried to rebuke this same spirit sometime earlier, and they were not effective in doing so. And then Jesus goes into a lesson of faith, and he tells them in verse 20 that nothing shall be impossible to you if you believe. How many of you know nothing's impossible to us when we believe? Amen. But then Jesus clarifies what went wrong. You know, sometimes when you are in prayer and you believe in God for something, you got to take enough time when it's not occurring the way you want it to occur. And you got to figure out you got to troubleshoot. Remember that lesson we did on troubleshooting your faith? You got to troubleshoot what's going on here. Where am I missing it? How come things aren't coming into fruition? And Jesus gave him the word for the night that I want to give you. He said, how be it this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. This kind doesn't go out unless you pray and fast. The disciples had prayed, but they hadn't fast. So you can pray for something to be removed out of your life. You can pray for blockage to be unstopped or to be removed as we're doing in, in our time of fasting. But if you do not fast, Jesus says, you will not be productive. So tonight I want to talk from this thought, the force of fasting, the force of fasting. You could also call this lesson the benefits of fasting, but I use the word force of fasting on purpose because fasting, y'all, for the believer, it's a force. So tonight we're going to figure out what does fasting really do for the believer? Why in the world would you stop eating pizza? As good as pizza is. Come on, somebody. Y'all may as well be honest. How many people had a couple of hard days already? Come on. Yes, sir. Of course. Of course. That's good fasting. That's why I sent you an email <laughs> and gave you scripture. The Holy Ghost began to speak to me. Help the saints out now. Give them some literature. Amen. They're they having a tough time. I know when, when my sheep are having a tough time when I start getting text messages of the can I eats. I start getting all them can I eat emails and text messages, and then I pick it up in the Holy Ghost. I say, yeah, they struggling. Send them some literature. So I, I got a book for you, and I attached the book to it and sent you uh, a write-up that I did myself so that you have all incentives, everybody say, to stay on the fast. All right, so when you are fasting, there are certain biblical truths that Satan does not want you to know. He does not want you to know. Fasting is one of the best kept secrets in Christianity. People don't fast because it most certainly is not, if you will, enjoyable in general to fast. I mean, let's just be honest. 
Now, fasting, once you really get in the spirit, you get around that seventh day of a 21-day fast, and you've already shut that flesh down, and you at day 15, now you in the Holy Ghost, and you like, man, extend it. <laughs> I'm in this thing. Now, you ever got to the 21st day and didn't want to quit? I have. I've gotten to the 21st day and stayed up to 12 and 8, too. <laughs> it just depends on where I'm at. I've gotten to the 21st day, and I'm just ready. That's enough. I'm going to eat an Oreo at 12.01. I've been waiting for an Oreo, all right? But I have gotten to the 21st day when I'm really, Dave, in the Holy Ghost. I'm really in the spirit realm, and that thing is working, and I've stayed on before because fasting so releases a force in the life of a believer that Satan does not want you to have. Well, I'm going to help you look at scripture in a way tonight that might be different from the way that you've traditionally looked at it because fasting is an essential. Everybody say it's necessary. It's an essential part of the Christian faith. You got to have it. If you don't fast, there's a part of God you're missing. Trust me. If you don't fast, there's a part of victory you're not getting. Certain things will not occur in your life if you don't fast. And let me be clear tonight. I'm not talking about one fast a year either. I'm not talking about what most churches do in January when they do a 21-day fast because it's customary to do it. I'm talking about people who understand that I must have a pattern. I must have a regimen. Now, you're not a Pharisee. You don't fast to be seen, but you have a regimen to where you seek the Lord, where you deny yourself, you turn your plate, because there's something that occurs in the spirit. It's a force of fasting. You're already in the book of Matthew, Matthew 4 and 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 4 says something, and I guarantee you've never looked at this scripture this way, but God gave me this revelation as I was praying. In Matthew chapter 4 and 4, this was as Jesus was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And he was being tempted, and the enemy tempted him with three different questions. And the answer to one of his questions, in verse number 4, Jesus told Satan, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now look at where we're going with that. As a believer, you can't live by food alone. Man shall not live by bread alone. <laughs> if you are a Christian and the only thing you eat is food, you are not alive in the spirit. Your spirit man is deficit. You will not live by bread alone, but by every word, which is why the word of God says in John 6, I think 63, that God's word is spirit and it is life. So by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, that's what keeps you alive by doing those things that are in the word. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we walk by faith and not by sight, which literally means we live by faith and your faith is fueled by fasting. Your faith is fueled by spiritual things because a Christian does not live by bread alone. We live by the spirit as believers and we cannot just eat natural food. We've got to eat the food of the spirit. And when you are fasting, you are elevating your spirit man above your carnal man. I guarantee it during these past four days of your fasting, you have found that that flesh man has wanted everything from a Snickers bar. I mean, stuff that you don't even usually eat. You're in a store and you ain't never ate a payday. 
All of a sudden, payday looked Clark. Who eats Clarks? I didn't know what Clarks are made out of, you know, but, you know, no offense, Clark, but, you know, nobody eats that kind of candy, but you, all of a sudden, you just, you in Home Depot getting a wrench, and you want a Clark bar, you know, the flesh just wants crazy stuff, wants you to pull over and get, get a cheeseburger, tell you, go to Chick-fil-A, at least they're Christian, you know, no, you, you can't do that, that flesh, that's the flesh, come on. Come on. But when you started denying that flesh, that spirit man starts kicking in and you're no longer living by what, church? Bread alone. And there is a part again of God that you can't even tap into without fasting. And we know this is true. We know this is true because Jesus told the disciples this type come out only by fasting. He says you can be powerful in so many areas of your life. But if you don't fast, there are certain demonic strongholds that won't go. Some of us wonder why some of our loved ones won't get saved or even be convicted. This type come out only by fasting and praying. Some of you in this room, your own vices, if you will, your own hiccups. Maybe you have issues with uh, health problems, physical health problems emotional health problems, bad behaving behavior kids, if you will, behaving, excuse me, kids, whatever that may be, and you have prayed and you have disciplined, you've done this, you've done that, the word for you tonight is this type come out only by fasting and praying. Certain things, baby, it ain't moving until you tap into the spirit. I tell people all the time, Satan could care less about your emotions. They do nothing to him. Nothing. He, he likes it when you get emotional. It's not until you tap into the spirit realm and start fighting him on his platform that you become victorious. And put this in your notes. Whatever occurs in the natural occurs in the spirit first. Before it's ever in the natural, it occurs in the spirit first. So you got to fight in the spirit realm to release the breakthroughs, to release the health, to release those things that you've been believing God, somebody believing God for a job. This type only come by fasting and praying, because every time a believer tries to do something, understand that Satan hinders you. That's his job. He comes to steal Kill and destroy. Paul said to the church of Corinth, he said, there is a great door that has been opened before me, but there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. The enemy launches missiles. Remember, this is spiritual war. When you are at war, don't you know that when you shoot, they're going to shoot back? <laughs> you at war, baby. When you at war, don't you think you're going to just walk in scot-free? You at war, you're going to have to put them up. And the way you put them up in the kingdom is in the spirit. You don't put them up with nice suits. You don't put them up. Come on, somebody with nice dresses. Rings don't put them up. Come on. You got to shut that flesh man down. Get in the spirit realm. Start going to war and tell that tumor where to go. Because before that tumor ever goes anywhere in the natural, you got to kill it in the spirit. Good God Almighty. Before that sickness ever goes anywhere in the natural, you got to kill it in the spirit. You want to get rid of an addiction? Kill it in the spirit. Smother it. Choke it. 
Beat the devil. I mean, beat him up so bad. Let him know I'm going to outlive you in this. <laughs> I'm going in. You can't stop it. Somebody say amen. amen. So what then does fasting look like for the believer? You're in the book of Matthew, Matthew 6, verse 16 through 18, because I want to give some of my babes in Christ a clear indication of what does it look like to fast? What do we look like when we're fasting? Because unless it's a corporate fast, and I'll show that to you momentarily, you're not announcing to people that you're fasting. Okay, now as a corporate fast, and we're going to look at it with Jehoshaphat, he had to announce it so that everybody would be fasting together. That's different. But even in that, you're not wearing your fast as a badge of honor. You are fasting in secret so that you can see something happen uh, publicly. The reward will be open. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse number 16. If you have it, say, I have it. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. Disfigure face. Everybody say, wash your face. <laughs> Amen. Get a haircut. Now I got nothing to do with fasting. Praise his name. I'm showing it to you in the Bible. This literally means keep your body well kept. You have a sad countenance. You know, I'll really make you laugh. Baby, when you fasting, you really got to keep some sugar-free mints. You have no choice. I'm telling you. Because you'll scare yourself. You'll be like, whoo! Good God Almighty. Give me some certs or something. Body done just been, come on, you ain't had no food. Yeah, all that bacteria running into each other. No, stop all that. Keep you some mints. Amen. Get you some lifesavers. Amen. For the disfigured faces that they may appear as before men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What is their reward? Being seen? Looking spiritual? Some people get up, Lord, I've been fasting all day for y'all. <laughs> you're not, you're not, you know, you got your pat on the back, baby, that's all you got. Your reward was that you let everybody know that this is what you was doing. He said, but to the believer, but thou, verse 17, when thou fast, anoint your head and do what? What did I just say? Wash your face. See, you thought it wasn't in scripture. Get a haircut. Wash up. Stay clean. Look good. You're fasting, but look good. Amen. He says that thou appear not unto men to fast. They should know you are even in the season of fast, fasting. But unto thy father, which is in secret, and that father which sees in secret, what's he going to do to you openly? He'll reward you openly because you have honored him. See, this is why, and I say this often, never get envious of a blessed man or woman. Because you don't know what they did in secret. You, you have no idea the sacrifices they made to be who they are. You know, I was watching this news publication not long ago, one of the pastors in this city, and boy, they gave him a hard time for building his house. You know, and um, I said, God, look at all that he's going through because he's built the house. You know, and um, I have no opinion about the church. I'm not even going to say the church's name. I don't know him. I don't know, you know, that's not my point tonight. We're not talking about that tonight. But, you know, my disposition was, who cares what y'all think? You don't know what sacrifices they made to be who they are. 
You don't know what the brother went through to build a 10,000 member church. And for God's sake, if he wants to build a 16,000 square foot home legitimately off of his books and his salary, amen, amen. that is nobody's business. Are you in here tonight? Because that which was done in secret, depending on whether or not he's righteous. Now, if he's not righteous, he'll get his reward. So I'm not validating him for those of you who know who I'm talking about. I don't know him, don't know the church, and we're not talking about that tonight. But what I am saying is if he did something wicked, it's going to blow up in his face. We've seen that in this city, for God's sake. But if he did something legitimate and grew the thing and he's doing well, that which is done in secret is just rewarded openly. You don't get mad at the single sister who finally gets married. Guess what? She learned how to stop having sex. She messed around and got saved and took care of herself. And while everybody was out there acting crazy, she was doing some stuff in secret on a Friday night. She wasn't getting hers. She was at home loving God, and that which was done in secret is now reward openly. It's called a knight in shining armor, a husband. But see, the world hates that. But we ought to stop apologizing to the world. <laughs> when I saw that telecast, I looked at my wife. I said, I wish... The news reporter would come to me. Please do. <laughs> Praise his name. Oh, I would love it. Well, could you please tell us your salary? No. What's your salary? Could you please share with us why you do? No. It's none of your business. Here's the question I have for you. How much have you sown into this church this year? How come you got so many questions and you don't support the work? How are, we, how are we so subject to the scrutiny of people who don't matter? Who cares what you think? You don't love Jesus? You can't even spell God. And I'm going to explain something to you. Everybody shout so. <laughs> See, sometimes you got to be like Andrew Womack. This guy criticized him one day, and he just looked him in the face, and he said, who gives a rip what you think? That's a good way of being. We, we, you know, so what? I don't like the way that they, so? What do me do like about that? It's not your call. See, people don't like that, boy. Woo, I'm messing some folk up in this church with that. But look at your neighbor and say, so? Amen. Nobody ask you. Get back on track, Gay. Amen. Let the man build whatever he wants. So what are the incentives of fasting? There are four quick incentives to fasting, all right? Four quick incentives to fasting, and that's where we're going to spend our time tonight because I want to help you to understand that as you are in this 21-day fast, baby, you got something to look forward to. That which is done in secret is going to be rewarded openly. God's got some things in, in store for you when you fast. Amen. Come on, Sarit. When you do it God's way, when you really deny that flesh, God's got some things for you, for your loved ones, for those things you're trying to get done. That you have to win in the spirit first and then you will see it in the natural. I want to give you the first thing and it's going to bless you. The first thing uh, or incentive to fasting is, number one, it makes you strong in the spirit. 
It makes you strong in the spirit. Now, don't play that down. Come with me to Ephesians chapter uh, 6. It makes you strong in the spirit. When you are fasting, it makes you strong in the spirit. Look at this thing, man. And I'm going to bless you with this, and then I want you to go over to Romans chapter 4. We're going to word it up tonight, man. Come on. We're going word over word. When you fast, you got more strength than what you had prior to fasting. And demons got to go because you have been fasting. Amen. You ever can't cast the demon out, you know it's time to fast. You know it's time to get back up before the Lord. Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 13. <clears throat> Look at what the Bible says. Finally, my brethren, be what? Be strong in who? In the Lord and in the power of his might. Now stop right there. When he says, Melvin, be strong in the Lord, Maria, that automatically, Kendra, implies that you can be weak in the Lord. Think about it, because all truth is parallel. And I'm going to show it to you in the Bible momentarily. But if he tells you to be strong in the Lord, it automatically implies that there's a such thing as being weak in the Lord. So if you can be strong, you can be weak. What would make a spiritual being weak? Not feeding it. What makes your physical man weak? Not feeding it. You had no bread all day long. Come on, y'all know our Wednesday fast. I pray you're still doing it. You ever got the 445? <laughs> I don't know about you. But, boy, I'm a little frail, then. I don't, I don't need to have no discussions. I might have an attitude problem or something. It's 445. I ain't eating nothing all day. I'm a little weak right now, right? I wouldn't have an attitude. My point is, you're weak because you haven't fed it. Well, when he says, be strong in the Lord, he is saying, feed your spirit, man. And, 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 and you feed it, yes, by fasting. But then he tells you, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the what of the devil? The wows. Where are you fighting the devil? In the spirit. For we wrestle not against physicalities, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness. Where? In high places or heavenly places. You're going to hear about heavenly places on Sunday. You, when you fast, you are fighting in the heavenlies. Because what did we just say? Before anything is ever natural, it is spiritual. Every accident that happens, happens in the spirit first. There are demonic strongholds. If your eyes were open, and I could give you biblical precedence, Elijah's servant said to Elijah, or rather Elijah said to him, to God, open up his eyes so he may see. When he opened up his eyes, he saw chariots of fire. He saw angels. There are angelic beings in this atmosphere right now. If your eyes could be open, it'd shock you. They're here. By the same token, in this atmosphere, and that atmosphere out there especially, there are demonic principalities that desire to get their clinches upon you. They're spiritual beings. They carry sickness. They carry accidents. They carry tragedy. That is their objective, to steal, kill, and destroy. They work for and with Satan, and you've got to battle principalities, and you do that by being strong in the Lord. Well, what makes you strong spiritually? Fasting. Fasting. 
When you get to fasting, that spirit bicep begins to curl again. My God, you start fasting, that spirit man comes fortified and it's ready to fight. I told you if you can be strong in the Lord, that means you can also be what in the Lord? We Come with me to Romans chapter 4. If you're being blessed, somebody shout hallelujah. <clears throat> Romans chapter 4. If you can be strong in the Lord, you can be weak in the Lord, church. And many believers, y'all, I'm telling you, good buddy of mine, Pastor Rondi says Satan has his JV team in with most Christians. He don't even got his varsity squad out, y'all, because they weak in the Lord. What made them weak in the Lord? They don't know no word. I led a brother to Christ earlier tonight. It was awesome, right? Out in the community. Awesome. Okay? Here's, here's what's amazing about that, though. Initially, he thought he was saved. So I just said to him, tell me what, how you know you're saved. What makes you saved? Well, I just do a lot of good stuff. There it is. He didn't, he didn't even know, and I mean no harm, but he didn't know the word behind salvation. So how could he be saved if he don't know the word? Every saved person ought to know Romans 10 and 9. If you don't know Romans 10 and 9, there's a deficit. And you may be saved, but it's hard to be saved not knowing what gets you there. If thou confess with thy mouth, come on. Jesus as Lord. He's got to be Lord of your life. Leave in your heart. Come on, he rose from the dead. Come on, mouth confession. All right? You know, those kinds of things are important. Well, if you don't know the word, you can't fight the devil. You can be weak in faith. You can be weak in the spirit. If you don't fast, you are weak in the spirit. Come with me to Romans chapter 4. Come on. Because I want this to go in the tape library for anybody who ever wants to know what does fasting do for us. In fact, I'm going to use this as a reference tape. My discipleship partners, whenever you're discipling somebody, send them to this word. They got a vice they're trying to break. They're trying to overcome some things. They need to fast. And they need to know what fasting does. Romans chapter 4, verse number 18, this deals with uh, Abraham, and I got to pick up speed. But his, his, his body was dead, or his wife's body was dead. It, you know, how could she have a baby? Those kinds of things. But the Bible says in verse 18, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the what? Father of many nations. Now understand his faith, y'all. He, how in the world he going to become the father of many nations, and, he, and his wife can't even give birth to one child? He got to have that much faith to give birth to a nation, Israel, but he can't even give birth to one child through his promised wife, right? So according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. But if you can be strong, you can be what? But what was Abraham? Being not weak in the faith. Wait a minute. Being not weak in the spirit. That's all faith is, y'all. Faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. What are things not seen? Spiritual things. So he wasn't weak in the faith. He wasn't weak in the spirit. Not being weak in the spirit. He didn't consider the condition of his body. He was 100 years old and he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't stagger at the promises of God. Verse number 20 through what? Unbelief. But here it is. Here it is. But was what? Was what? Strong in the spirit, strong in the faith, giving glory to God. And needless to say, Isaac got here. Are you in here tonight? See, I'm preaching with boldness tonight, y'all, because that's the only way you can teach this subject. 
You got to even receive it with boldness. There's a certain disposition you got to have. You cannot be weak in faith, weak in the spirit and receive everything God wants to do. The fact that we, we have our new building and all those things, many of you have no idea. That's the sum total of five years of praying and fasting. And even before then, that's the leading up to praying and fasting. You're seeking God right now for some things that's going to happen in 2017. That you're doing warfare on right now. That when you decide you're not going to have fruit loops, come on. Isn't that amazing how somebody could let Fruit Loops steal their destiny? For a bowl of Fruit Loops. Come on. How many of you know we're not trying to make cereals fit that's too sweet? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Fruity Pebbles. Well, it is grain. Because you got a sweet tooth. Come on. Come on. You're not even looking for stuff you can eat when you fast. You're saying, man, look here. Just get my belly full enough to function. Because I'm fast. I'm going up before the Lord. Amen. Give me some grapes. They fill me up. Come on. Some cantaloupe, right? So you are strong in the faith. All right? And you got to do that. When you are strong in spirit, your spirit man will subdue the carnal nature. Now, this is one of those scriptures we're going to have you write down because we don't have time to go there, although we read it on Sunday. 1 Corinthians 9 and 27. 1 Corinthians 9 27. Read it tomorrow. But I discipline my body and keep it under subjection. I discipline my body and keep it under subjection, lest after preaching I myself become a castaway. What did Paul say? I discipline my body and keep it under subjection. Under subjection to what? The spirit. You getting that now? The carnal mind, Romans 8 and 7, is enmity against God. So you got to keep that carnal mind, which is the body, which is the carnal nature of man. You got to keep it under subjection, church, to your spirit. When the carnal uh, nature of you is under the control of the spirit man, even though it has desires, that spirit man brings it back in. You can't have that. Nope, look another way. Don't think like that. Because you are under subjection by the spirit man. But people who don't fast, flip it around. Their spirit man is here. And the carnal man says, come over here. <laughs> No, you just had a good service, but I know he just preached against anxiety, but what about yours? Because see, now the spirit man is under subjection to the carnal man. If you took your hands and you went like this, right hand being your spirit man, left hand being your carnal man, when you fast, you elevate your spirit man above your carnal man. When you don't seek God, you allow that carnal man Gradually but surely, creep up. Now you make two Bible studies a month. Kind of fall off of praying. You're not really that interested in preaching against sin anymore. And before you know it, your spirit man is deficit. <laughs> Has no more strength to fight. Because one of those men are going to win. <laughs> Paul talked about a war in his members. One's going to win. That addiction habit ain't going nowhere just because you want it to go. You got to take authority. It's in the spirit first. Marijuana is sorcery. It's spiritual. You got to take authority over that spirit. You got to elevate 
that spirit man and you have to subdue it. We got to pick up speed. But what's the first thing that fasting does? Makes you strong. Makes you strong in the spirit. That's right. Number two, it makes you sensitive to the voice of God. Go with me to Second Chronicles 20. And this is going to be an academic lesson tonight. Second Chronicles 20, verse number one. If you ever want to know what God's direction is in your life, fast. Because it makes you sensitive. Second Chronicles, and that's Old Testament, not Corinthians. Second Chronicles, chapter 20. I want you to see this. Because, see, if we get sensitive to the voice of God, we won't make any blunders. You get sensitive to the voice of God, you'll only make moves that he told you to make. Nothing more, nothing less. But that happens by fasting. Because notice in Second Chronicles, the enemies, the Moabites and the Ammonites and all these people, verse 20, they were coming up against Jehoshaphat in Judah. Verse, verse number one, rather, of Second Chronicles 20 and 1. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying that there's a great multitude. And then they named that multitude that's coming up in verse number two. And verse three, the Bible says Jehoshaphat feared. Anybody in here, you ever experienced a little fear? We all have. We all have. But Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to do what? Seek the Lord. And what did he proclaim throughout all Judah? Say fast. Now, that fast obviously was not in secret in that domain because everybody like Kingdom Christian Church was fasting together. So Jehoshaphat proclaimed this fast. But why did he proclaim this fast? For direction. We know that's true because he gathered the people together and he began to pray and he began to ask God questions in verse six and all those kinds of things. And before you know it, there stood up a prophet from amongst the people and gave them direction. If you keep reading, the prophet stood up and told them what will happen, what you have to do, that you don't have to fight this battle. You don't have to worry. Just go down and do this. Don't be afraid or dismayed. Look at verse number 15. He said, hearken all you Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Everybody say, here comes direction. The Lord says this to you. Be not afraid. Wait a minute. Go back up to verse number three. What was Jehoshaphat's dilemma? Y'all not getting this. His dilemma was he was afraid. Did the prophet not answer his dilemma? I got a body. He needed direction and he needed to not be afraid. He said, look here, don't be afraid or dismayed for the battle is not yours, but God's. You ain't going to have to fight. You ain't got to worry about where the money going to come from. You're not going to have to worry about whether or not you're going to be healed. You're not going to have to worry about whether or not you're coming out. Oh, I wish I was in church tonight. You don't have to worry about if things are going to be fixed. Don't be afraid. The battle's not yours. It's the Lord. But how do they get that rhema word from the Lord? By fasting. Glory to God. Give them praise in the house of God tonight. Hallelujah. They got it by fasting. That's how they got it. I submit to you tonight that if they did not fast, they would not have gotten direction and they would not have gotten the level of victory that they got. How did they even know to sing praise ye the Lord for his mercy endure forever? God gave them direction. Their ears were sensitive to the voice of God and God will give you in fasting. Put this in your notes. He will give you strategy. Glory to God. See, sometimes you don't need more resources. You just need strategy. Good God Almighty. You, you, don't, you don't need 
a, a pie in the sky blessing, it'd be great to have it, but you just need the right strategy. You need to know who to talk to, where to talk to them. You need to know where you're going to get favor. You need to know who, who don't waste your time with. You, know, you need to know who to waste your time with because it's a good use of time. It's not a waste of time. You now have strategy as to how you're going to pay for, do whatever you need to get done because you have been up before the Lord and you heard him speak audibly. Glory to God. You don't have to fight. The battle's not yours. Just go out there and sing praise ye the Lord for his mercy endure forever. Somebody in this church shout, praise ye the Lord, for his mercy endure forever. I said, shout, praise ye the Lord, for his mercy endure forever. What are you doing? You're releasing a heavenly host to do for you what you cannot do for yourself during your fast. Glory to God. It works just like that. I'm getting too excited. <laughs> Put this in your notes. Fasting is an amplifier to the voice of God in the Christian life. If I were to sit down and play John Jalen's nice piano, this nice Yamaha motif, but did not turn the volume up on her amplifier, I could potentially hear myself if this piano had speakers on it, but you would not hear me because it's not amplified. Now, in order for you to hear me, I got to turn the amplifier up. In fact, you're hearing me through these speakers tonight because the amplifier is pushing it out. Without the amplifier, y'all, the speakers still work. You just can't hear it. It's too quiet. Well, when you fast, it amplifies. God's voice in your life. Glory to God. Turns up the volume of what God's really saying. Watch this. Never, ever make a huge decision in your life without fasting. Never. You, get, you think you're going to date somebody, baby, fast without him even knowing you're fasting. Come on, somebody. You're thinking you're going to buy in a certain neighborhood. Don't buy that house until you turn your plate down. Seek the Lord. See what he is saying. Come on, somebody. Because he knows that in two months, a pig factory is going to move across the street. Come on. Same token, he knows that in five years, the Panther Stadium is going to want your property. Y'all didn't catch that. That just means your value is going to go up substantially. All I'm trying to say is, but if you hear God's voice, you know where to land. I know what I'm talking about. Me and First Lady did that. We did not buy in a certain area, and I'm telling you, it was the goodness, grace of God. We heard his voice. We didn't disobey him. And then I promise you, everything in that subdivision went foreclosed, belly up, amenities, all that stuff, golf course just failed. Now where would we have been? And this is not a buying house message for the record. That's just an example. You ought not take any old job. What did God say? Where's God in this? Did God say do that? Come on. It makes you sensitive to the voice of God. So they were in fear, but when they started fasting, their fear dilemma was answered. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, I'm almost done. Number three, and you're going to love this point, run over to Isaiah 58 and 6. God asked some rhetorical questions. Then I'll give you the third point. Man, I love you all so much tonight. I'm telling you, you have no idea what your fasting is doing in your life 
and the lives of those with whom you're interceding for. It's shaking some stuff up, y'all. You're fighting on a whole nother platform when you're fasting. See, there's a lot of ways you can break up these cinder blocks that I see in this building. You could really get a hammer, and you could slug away for weeks, and you could gradually but surely break it up. But boy, you get you a good, Brian can help me with the right tools. <laughs> you get you a good jackhammer or something, one of them power tools. Oh, you're going to take that wall down in one day. Fasting is a power tool. Why would you try to cut a tree down with a butter knife? Get you a chainsaw, baby. You want You listen to a chainsaw, it sounds mean. Sounds powerful. Oh, that tree's coming down. But you out there with a hacksaw getting cramps because you're not in the spirit. You're not seeking God, not fasting, so you're trying to get the thing done with your own will and power. Whereas you could get in the spirit and... <laughs> Boy, if you ever operate a chainsaw, you look for stuff to cut. Come on. You be careful. You get the spirit of error on you out there. Boy, you want to cut something else. Boy, that worked good. What else y'all got? Come on. Because you got a power tool now. Amen. So number two, three, and you're going to love this one. Number, not only does it make you strong in the spirit, it makes you sensitive to God's voice. But then number three, it releases breakthrough. Watch this. From the spirit realm to the natural realm. Get that whole sentence. It releases breakthrough. Everybody say breakthrough. breakthrough. That's why we fasted. From the spirit realm to the natural realm. Now, over in Isaiah 58, verse number six, God clarifies the kind of fast he likes. Listen to what he says, King James Version. And y'all, these are not questions that he's asking. These are rhetorical questions. And when you make a rhetorical question, Tony, you're just making a statement. You're not really asking it. You know, you're making a statement. And that's what he says in Isaiah 58 and 6. He says, is not this the fast that I have chosen? What is the fast you chosen, God? To loose the bands of wickedness? To undo heavy burdens? I don't want you down and out. To let the oppressed go free? And that ye break how many yokes? How many yokes does he want you to break? That's enough to prove my point. <laughs> God Almighty. I, can, I, I feel you coming alive now. See, basically what you should start doing is thinking about a yoke in your life. And as you are fasting, see it disintegrate in the... Because if you ever put the acid of the Holy Ghost on it, glory to God, it's got to burn up. It's got to go. Somebody shout breakthrough. Well, I don't just want it to break through in the heavenlies. I want the manifestation of it. Let me show it to you in the word. <laughs> Glory. Go with me to Mark 11 and 24, because you don't just need spiritual breakthrough. You are a spiritual being. You have a soul, but you live in a body. You need it to manifest in the earth realm. Ain't no sense in me just having money in the heavenlies. I got an inheritance. You do, but you need that kingdom to come and that will to be done on earth 
as it is. So I'm getting ready to show it to you, John Jolene. I'm going to show you how you down understanding that when you fast, you break yokes, but this is how you deliver the baby. This is how you get the baby here. Come with me to Mark 11, my favorite passage on prayer. Mark 11 and 24. This is what we have traditionally called the prayer of faith. Never get tired of hearing this because this is your breakthrough prayer. I promise you. You learn this prayer and you pray it right, you're going to see some stuff change. Look at this. Somebody say, I want the manifestation of what I've been praying for. All right, so you destroy it in the spirit first. You beat the devil on that platform. But Mark 11 and 24, therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when ye pray, believe that you have received them and then it will manifest. Believe that you have received them and you shall have them. Somebody says, well, when will I have it? When you believe that you have received it. So you believe that you receive it, you fight it in the spirit, then you will manifest in the natural. Gave your teaching tonight. You got to believe that you received it. See, right now, Justin, come on, help me out. Right now, it's, it's in the spirit. Come on, come on up on the stage. And, and you're tall enough to help me with this example. So see, I want, I want a bottle of water. Now, this, you know, if you want a bottle of water, don't pray about it, just go buy one. It's ridiculous, but this is just for my point tonight. So he's going to hold this Dasani up. Hold it up as tall as you can, and I'm going to act as if I'm short. Now, I'm praying, Lord, I really need this water, God. I want you to bring it into manifestation. The water is already there in the spirit. Now, I don't have the water yet because my arms aren't long enough. But when I believe I have received, I shall have it. Did you see that? See, I got to believe I receive, then I can take it out of the heavenlies. And whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you received it and you will have it. But a whole lot of people in Christendom, because they are not spiritual, they won't fast, they won't do any kind of spiritual warfare. They pray, but they really don't believe they have received it so that the blessing they've been waiting for is right over, over their head. But they never get it because they don't know how to be spiritual enough to believe they have received it. So now the thing I've been praying for, God's already done it, but I don't have it because I don't know how to make it manifest in the natural glory to God. But when I go to fasting, believing that I received it, I snatch it out of the atmosphere and I bring it down on earth. Give God great praise in this place if you know God is doing something. Somebody by faith, go ahead and snatch it out of the atmosphere. I dare you in this church to look real crazy. Come on, I believe I have received it. Give them glory in this place like you already got it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Boy, I wouldn't miss this Bible study tonight. I said I believe I have received everything I need, and that's when it comes into manifestation. You need a job? Believe you received it. You need a healing? Believe you received it. Come on. Fast? Believe you received it. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Woo! I got to slow down. I get too excited. Watch this. You already have breakthrough in the spirit. Once you believe you have received it. But fasting unclogs the valves that transfer the spiritual into the natural. So I'll simplify it. 
You already have breakthrough, but fasting unclogs the valves. Fasting causes that stuff to flow. I mean, I don't mean to be gruesome and gross in here, but if you ever had your toilet worked on, you have some clogs. Sometimes they got to run solutions and all kinds of stuff down there to unclog it, right? And there's a whole lot of spiritual constipation. Come on. Just locked up. And you got you to unclog that stuff. You got to get in the spirit realm. Come on. You got to unclog it. You got to bring it into fruition. All right. And the enemy's going to fight you in your fasting because he don't want you to unclog it. Because he knows if you tap in, it's done. Why do we know this is true? Because prayer doesn't change everything. Because this type come only by faith. <laughs> prayer don't move everything. Some things you're going to have to fast to move. <laughs> Come on. I guarantee you it's going to be some church breakthrough during and after this fast for what we're trying to do. You got to fast. You got to rally the saints and you got to get up there and you got to fight because you don't made the devil mad. He upset. He don't want to see you go in. Come on. He don't want to see you have it. He irritated and he is a fourth quarter fighter. You better know that about him. you score. He going to shoot back, but stop amplifying him. Don't make him bigger. The Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. And we spend all this time amplifying and magnifying the devil. He has no authority. I have had the enemy try to stop something from happening, and I have a conversation with him. Now, Satan, I realize you don't want to see me get this. But remember now, in the name of Jesus, you are already defeated. You have no power. You can't stop it. Man, I was waiting for this business document to come. I'd been waiting for it for a couple of months. And um, folks who were supposed to send it, they just wouldn't send it, wouldn't do right. Uh, there were liabilities connected to it, you name it. And boy, three days into this fast, I looked up in my email, and there she blew. There she blew. Because it didn't matter what the people was doing on the other side. When you start breaking stuff up in the heavenlies, Satan's got to let your stuff go. It unclogs the valves. Number four, and we're going home. I love you tonight. I pray that you understand the force of fasting after this. But number four, it releases the protection of God. The protection of God. Number one, it does what, church? Makes you strong. Number two, it does what? Makes you what? Sensitive to who? The voice of God. You need to know what he's saying. Number three, it releases breakthrough from the spirit realm to the natural realm. You already got breakthrough in the spirit realm because Jesus defeated everything over 2,000 years ago. But you got to bring it down on earth. Your fasting does that. But number four, it releases the protection of God. Come with me to Ezra chapter 8. Ezra chapter 8. You got to understand, Ezra was trying to move some money and resources. And where he would have to travel, he would be at great danger for looters and enemies who would have robbed them, stolen everything they had. And the government was quasi on their side. They had written letters and stuff for him and Nehemiah. But the truth is, they did not want the secular world to think that they depended on them for their protection. Because then the secular world could laugh at them and say, ah, you needed us after all. And that's actually in this text. But Ezra proclaimed a fast. 
Amen. Let's go to Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. All right. Not only did he protect Ezra, but God heard their prayer due to their fasting, too. All right. Look at this thing. And we're going home, man. I'm telling you, I'm finishing in record time tonight. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. What does fasting do for the believer? Because he had to move some money. He had to move some resources. And the Amplified Bible says, verse 21, Ezra 8, 21, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek him, seek from him a straight and right way for us, our little ones, and what, church? All our possessions. God, we need you to protect us. We're getting ready to travel through some crazy people. We're getting ready to drive through some ruggish areas, if you will, rugged areas. He says what I just told you, verse 22. For I was ashamed to request of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to what? Protect us against the enemy along the way because we had already told the king that we are believers. We already told the king that the hand of good hand of God was upon all of them for good who seek them, but his power and his wrath are against those who forsake him. We already told the world we're relying on God. <laughs> so we can't back out now. We can't go down there and act as if we need them. Because we just told them we don't need their money. And we don't need their help. We just told them we're going to preach against wickedness no matter what they say. So we can't start changing our preaching now because we hope to get more members and resources. Right. We've already told them what our position is. So what did you do, Ezra? We got spiritual. So we fasted and besought our God for this. And what did God do? He heard our entreaty. That's it. I declare I'm done. God heard our prayer. When did he hear their prayer? After they had fasted. What were they fasting for? Protection. So you start fasting, man, Satan can't touch your stuff. He can't loot and steal and rob and kill. Come on. You're fasting. You believe in God. You believe in God to, to, to put up a, a shield of safety and protection around that. You believe in God to get in there, right? And, and, and I put this as my closing note, and I think this will bless you. Never think that your time of self-affliction is a waste of time. Keep it up. It's working. Keep it up. It's working. Your time of self-affliction, because, see, that's all fasting is. See, sick people... End up having to fast. You know, when Stephanie went to have her baby, I felt so bad for her. They wouldn't give her nothing to eat. They said, only liquids now, baby. You're too far in. Can't have nothing. And I told, oh, I told her, I said, go get you something to eat before you go down there. You get down there, they're not going to let you eat. You see? You're going to have to get through it. The only thing they're going to give you is ice. You can have some ice. A little bit of juice, maybe. She can't eat, right? And now she wasn't sick, but she was most certainly having procedure and having a baby, right? So she had to fast, okay? People who are in the hospital sick, they are afflicted. But self-affliction is what you're doing. You know, when you're not eating double stuff, Oreos, with the vanilla one on one side and the chocolate one on the other side. 
Oreos and M&M's got too carried away for me now. Now you can get peanut butter Oreos, you can get pretzel M&M's. I don't want all that. Just keep it normal, you know. But hey, you know, but your self-affliction. You're saying, look, no, I don't need that. I don't have to have something sweet. Come on. You're not putting more honey in your tea than there is tea? <laughs> Just because you got the email that says you can have honey? Well, say, praise the Lord. Get that honey out there. Amen. You're not doing that. You don't have to do that. <laughs> You're seeking God. Amen. You're seeking God. You're turning that body out. Not letting him have nothing he wants, she wants. All right? Self-affliction. But never think. It's kind of like what we taught at Pastor Holiday's work. Keep doing good is working. Never think that your good in fasting is going totally unnoticed. There's nothing good coming out of it. Man, when you stick it through with God, you're going to see some breakthroughs. And I'm telling you, some of it will happen during the 21 days. Like for me, I already have had some breakthroughs. I, this week already, it's Thursday, I've gotten two people saved Amen. this week. That was one of my prayers. Salvation of souls. Legitimate souls. All right? I'm telling you, I was driving to church tonight and saw a brother walking, and the Holy Ghost told me, go pick him up. Just spirit-led. Picked him up, ministered Christ to him. Man, where are you walking to? Now, ladies, don't pick nobody up. Amen. Amen. He that wins his souls is wise. But God told me, pick him up, and I know why now. Picked him up on his way home. He accepted Jesus. Came here and did my discipleship. Come on. You follow me? That's what I wanted. I wanted some souls. Okay, my little business letter I've been waiting for for months. It came. Breakthrough. There's some other things we're praying for. It's on your list. Shucks, tomorrow I can't wait. I'm going to be praying. Man, I get up in the morning. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now that you got Katora on your mind. Father God, I thank you right now that you're moving in Candace's life. God, I thank you that you have already paved the way for Justin. God, I thank you in Jesus' mighty name, God, that everything pertaining to these singles. Come on. You're fasting. Tearing down strongholds. And I'm telling you, everything on that list, every day, I call it out by name. Sure do. I'm going to see the fruit of it, and you will too. You will too. They fasted, and the force of fasting released up. And watch this. In the future, some of you are going to fast. You're not going to wait for the next corporate fast. Do it. Do it. I don't tell you every time I'm fasting. There have been times when I've been on a three-day no-food fast. That's the Paul's fast. He needed greater vision. Every leader has to have vision. So Paul, before he got his eyesight back from Ananias, he three days of no food. I've been on those before. I don't say nothing. Come on. I'm trying to get with God. Come and teach Bible study just the same. Come on. But you're fasting. You're seeking God. All right? Get your Daniel chapter 1 fast sometimes. So you have a 10-day. So your clarity of thought and your performance can go up. I've done that. You've done that. All right? We're seeking God. God, you got Ezra's fast. Great fasting material in the word of God. Do it. Do it. Elliot, you may stop the tape, brother. Stop the tape so we don't lose this one. This is going to be filed for people who need to know how to.